Hello, I'm Jonathan Wingfield, and this is In Conversation, the podcast series brought to you by System Stories, in which we pair together two of the most relevant, powerful, and often opinionated individuals from within the global fashion industry and its adjacent cultural fields. We then steer them through an unfiltered and insightful long-format conversation. Our debut episode features Francesco Risso, artistic director of Marnie, and musician Devante Hines, who has been creating original soundtracks for Marnie's fashion show since 2021. Francesco Risso, who arrived at Marnie in 2016, previously worked for Anna Molinari at Blue Marine before joining Prada in 2008. His approach evokes a sense of playfulness, putting culture, community, and creativity at the brand's heart center. Dev Hines, widely known as Blood Orange, is a cultural fixture, scoring movie soundtracks for the likes of Gluca Guadagnino and Paul Schrader, previously collaborating with Virgil Abloh for his shows at Louis Vuitton and starring in Loewe's Autumn-Winter 2023 campaign shot by Jürgen Teller. After collaborating on shows in New York, Tokyo and Milan, we speak to Francesco and Dev days ahead of the Marnie Spring-Summer 2024 show, taking place at Karl Lagerfeld's house in Rue de l'Université in Paris. We hope you enjoyed the episode and do press subscribe to not miss future conversations. Of course, we're here because you're showing in Paris for the first time. And this is about your collaboration with Dev on the music for the show. So how did you guys meet? I think we probably texted each other on Instagram as first. Yes, yes. But we have a lot of friends in common. Yeah. And I think the first time we've really physically met was for our first job together. Yeah, actually yeah. true. Yeah. In Milan. In Milan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have many friends in common that kind of really connected us. And Milan was the first time we kind of decided to work together. And that was a, a journey yeah. <laughs> since then. <laughs> Is that two years ago now? Uh, no, more than that. Wait, because we went to New York last September. It was three Septembers ago. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was the first show that we did after pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that was a big part yeah. of it. It was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a big thing since we wanted to really celebrate connection with people and that was the time that we decided to dress all the audience which was a bit of an insane operation beautiful from the beginning to the end and dev you came in in a moment in which a playlist couldn't do it anymore <laughs> and actually uh, a beautiful collaboration of a mind that i can actually compose within let's say, whatever mission came at play. Mm. Yeah. No, I love that show. I remember, like, there were so many times I I was, like, swirling around during the making, during the backstage, before I walked in that show. Yes. Uh, because, <laughs> I didn't, because I didn't want to bow and uh, to bow. And, uh, and so I walked in the show because I wanted to be with everyone. And... I just remember how many times like I was crying and I, and how many times I was telling myself, do not cry, do not cry, do not cry. But whenever like first, like the first hit was like when I actually 
heard the music and the compositions and the whole thing. Like I was like, basically I was on the floor. <laughs> I remember he came to kind of like <laughs> do like a pat pat on my shoulder <laughs> to just like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh yeah. That was, that was fun. So Francesca would write me emails about what the show is about. Yeah. And then I would, without telling him, use it as lyrics. Within, oh yeah, that's another moment where I cried again, <laughs> uh, thinking, oh my God, Dev's using my words to his piece. Uh, but that's how it kind of starts. I always uh, send like a previous note saying, be ready, like an email, an insane email is coming. But usually very much at the beginning of what we do, I love to do this. Even now for Paris, for this next show we happen to be together scouting locations yeah. as we did in New York, as Tokyo. I mean, it's uh, the making of amazing music by Dev is it's kind of like this curve that starts within the beginning of our ideas. So, yeah. and now we have, um, Charlene who yeah. Yeah. Charlene. started, which show did she start? Uh, she started the one after our first. Yeah, Charlene basically is the triade. She works on the movement. So it's very fascinating because I believe she's a friend of yours yeah. since a long time. And so we kind of bonded this like triangle where it's like uh, mental illness, beautiful music and mo and movement. <laughs> Francesco, uh, can you speak a bit about your musical upbringing and what music? Zero. What <laughs> <laughs> role music plays in your design process oh if there's like that's interesting decades, uh, you keep on coming back to a specific artists so my music upbringing is zero uh, there was a moment during covid actually where i thought what am i gonna do when i'm gonna be old and i thought maybe if i'm not gonna be completely crazy maybe i could play music it, it kind of started there because i thought we're isolated i need to dive into my creativity in different spectrums and obviously I, I love music and so I started playing cello but that was also like an interesting clash because the first teacher that came to teach me was like so do you know a bit about notes and music and I was like mm -mm, no nothing <laughs> so and all my friends are like oh wow you started cello like not knowing anything I was like yay <laughs> and it's quite intense and beautiful but very very difficult now the more I think about it the more learning this new language learning the notes not learning how compositions are made and then learning how to play it is such a mm, jump into understanding per your personality into a different scale and even in the work approach you know sometimes in fashion you say oh it needs to have rhythm <laughs> but actually i don't think anybody who doesn't know about music can actually really say that without really understanding it and since i've been studying music collections have had that need of pauses and rhythms but not just like in a figurative kind of way. So that's been extremely mm. interesting for me. And do you listen to something when you design? Is there a soundtrack? Oh, to that? we were like just now, we were 
we started with Roland Kirk, moved into reggae, and I think probably now they're moving into some electro beats. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because yesterday, while we were prepping for the show, there was like this hardcore techno music, and I was like, ooh, how music changes perception of things and the feelings and the emotions and the people were walking differently. And there was like a harshness suddenly that I was like, nope. I mean, even though I, you know, I could be raving now for like two days, but not for prepping. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) or or at least not for this show. Yeah. It really accompanies emotions for me. And so the office is really part of our system, I would say. As, as silence. You played in the third show that we did. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Because you challenged me in that. Yeah, I told you. When yeah. we were the third show, New which York. was in New York, and uh, there was kind of a mass group of cellists on one side and a, and a choir on the other side. And I told him he was going to be one of the cellists. <laughs> and I stuck to it. There was like, I, 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 I remember exactly so... He said as a joke, I think, or or just as a challenge, like months before, oh, you should play at your show. And then like the thing kind of had grown in me. And then we get to New York and it's like the first days of prepping. And there's like a board with all the members of the orchestra. And there was like the conductor, which I look at the picture. I'm like, oh, my God. He's so scary. <laughs> Eli? <laughs> Eli, yeah. Eli, he's so scary. No. I have to talk to him. I, I, Like in my head, I was like, I need to apologize already. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? And then there was like a, an empty spot uh, with like mysterious chalice. That was fun. So first of all, I had to practice like basically between two, three hours every morning before starting to work. (laughs) I was able like every morning to enter into this like meditative state with music Mm. because that's what it does to me at least. I tend to hide (laughs) during the shows. I don't like to show off and I don't like to bow. And so that spot in the orchestra on the sides of people, people not really understanding what was happening. Nobody knew. I didn't want to announce any any of that. So it was such a beautiful spot to enjoy the v- vibration of the music. Obviously, I couldn't look at the show because I was like so focused on yeah. those three <laughs> notes. But emotionally, it was incredible. Yeah. And you came to play. Yeah, we were there in the me. corner next to each other. Yeah, it's written in stone in my history of like the most incredible experiences of my life. Deb, can you talk about how you got into scoring fashion shows, mm. uh, experiences prior to that, and then how you approach a fashion show soundtrack differently to a song because it just lives for the moment? Yeah. When I was in my early 20s, I did one show in New York, like Eck House, like early days. Oh, yeah. And actually, okay, um, I forgot about this, but that music eventually became a Blood Orange song at some point. Oh, wow. Yeah, like (laughs) bits of it actually ended up as a song. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. Amazing. Wow, I forgot about that. Um, (laughs) So I did that, and then there'd been a couple things before. But, you know, it's like I'm someone who, and I think it's kind of a blessing 
I'm so weird about live music. I've always had issues, not with other people, but for myself in why does it exist? Like, why does live music exist? And mm. so when it's Blood Orange, it's a real battle in my mind because I feel like I've created this music, but then now it has to be live. Mm. And what is the goal there? Mm. Because the initial goal was to make it. And so that's always been a struggle, but the plus side of that is that the idea of making music just to live in a live space is to me very uh, front and center. Wow. Like I'm very, that I can, I can throw everything into that. The Blood Orange music is so extremely personal. Mm -hmm. Like it's so made only for my own itches yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. that to then translate it is tricky for me because I essentially I think live music its purpose is to serve the audience yeah and so with this thing that is so personal I, I then struggle with well how can I make this serve the audience mm. yet still honor how personal it is to me right and so if I can make something from scratch knowing what the goal is going to be that i can really throw myself into okay. and i can really enjoy okay. it and so super interesting and so mm. add in the the extra layer of the fact that with a fashion show that it's going to happen once yeah it's almost like the more rules the easier it is to yeah, hit, yeah, the, yeah. hit the goal course, of so course it's like it's going to happen once it's going to be this amount of time people are going to yeah. be in this headspace like we were talking yeah. about with Paris like they're going to yeah. be rushed yeah. and yeah. running yeah. around yeah exactly and um and then the clothes and and talking about the rhythm of the show yeah so all of these um parameters are very exciting to me and and I'm consistently always thinking about the audience and how yeah. things going to be received yeah, and so it's been cool. Like these shows have been amazing. I mean, it, it's kind of insane what you let me do. <laughs> <laughs> what you let us do, <laughs> like that layer of building up a sound for what we make, which is something that then becomes recognizable time after time. And the fact that, for instance, like Marnie and what we make, it's not just like a product of a sewing machine but it, there's also like a life that exists into the sound that you can remember lo looking at that piece i think that's super interesting for me because it adds all these layers that are part of our lives and the more we can dive into it for me it's like pure exploration and learning and i love that we challenge ourselves every different time into understanding ourselves in the first place. Why do we react on things and how do we want to take it onto the next level or the next collection? For instance, like the striped collection, the one, the first collection that we did together, it was right after COVID. The first thing that we needed to do, it was like, let's get dirty. And let's get body connected and let's like dive into something that actually will somehow suggest 
the methods or the needs of this collection coming. So we wrapped all our offices in, uh, in canvas. And with my team, we spent like literally 15 days with overalls painting. And it was like extremely physical and extremely heavy. At the end of the day, we were like just like laying on the floor dead. I mean, this comes like from the attic upstairs with our team. We build the walls and we just like, this is how we do it. We, will, we build the Marnie walls. After isolation, I felt we needed to re-engage with our senses in a way in which it wasn't about performing ideas. It wasn't about the brain, but it was about making it. And through that, it just ignited the beginning of the process. And the piece, it's as important as the practice. I mean, for me, the practice is way more exciting than, than the piece itself. But that's, that's how it goes. Then we meet up and <laughs> we meld our brains and just shoot ideas <laughs> at each other. Although yeah. I guess with this one, it, it was cool because we went to the, yeah. we found the location we together. started from many many times we've started from the place in a way especially in this uh, in this last uh, period where we decided to go on tour basically and to to have a journey around different cities the place really informed the old practice and so that was like another type of training you know like we started from that angle in order to move towards, you know, what we were doing here. Yeah. Mm. Can you speak on the concept of the current show, why you chose Paris and for Dev also, what was important for you for the sound for the show? Why did I choose Paris? That's a good question. I haven't really unloaded that in my, <laughs> in my words <laughs> for this week. <laughs> no, to be honest, uh, um, we've gone from, New York to Tokyo. It's been such an exploration. You know, I consider myself to be kind of like a flaneur, you know, like walking relentlessly, like absorbing things without judgment. And that has kind of sealed and cemented even more those like standing point of our codes and from different perspectives. And it was kind of automatic, the idea of coming back to Europe in a way, in order to reunite, because New York was like a point of view with part of the family could be there. Tokyo equally was like another side of the family could be there. Not all of us now. It's almost like coming back all together because we're closer home. And Paris felt like a good compromise to be outside of Milan. And then when I came here to do scouting, I wasn't completely sure that we were going to show here. But I felt this like wave of beauty and memories of the past. A couple of them, like one was <clears throat> basically not my first, I could say my first love. Uh -huh. This person actually like at a party when I was 14, I used to come here because a really good friend of mine lives here and I, we used to stay at, at her hand house. There was a party and suddenly I'm cradling my legs and this person like places their chin on my knees and they're gone. 
and I still remember the fragrance that this person had. And lately I've been thinking about this memory and how many years actually I spent in Paris after that looking for that fragrance. I had forgotten about it because in the years like romanticisms goes and I have been obsessively looking for this fragrance in every store of this, <laughs> of this town. <laughs> and I remembered the smell, but I, I have never found it. But then another obsession, and this is quite linked to the decision of the place in which we will show, was that I was telling this story while we were scouting, while we were approaching the street where my friend used to live. And we would spend the days kind of like exploring from the windows. I was probably like 14, 15, I'm 40 now, so many years ago. And we would be just like looking from the window because her relatives, they were neighbors of Karl Lagerfeld. So we would literally spy from the window to see this incredible character. And I'm telling this story while we are in the car and they say to us, oh, we're going to see an hotel particulier in Rue de l'Université. And we enter the place, we're walking around. <laughs> and suddenly the guy who's managing the house, he goes like, oh, and here Carl used to live. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. I, it was really Yeah, <laughs> we gagged and like, we all were like laughing like crazy. I was like, I had this like wave of beauty towards me because... Not just like this place is magical, but one of the most incredible places in Paris. But I kept thinking about this man who basically dedicated all his life to this work of fashion and beauty and in search for beauty. So with, I don't even know if it exists anyone who was so committed. And on the other side, <laughs> this like augmentation of like his persona and this like you know I don't want to say baroque because sometimes people think like it's almost like diminutive but like pushed to the maximum like a, a rock star you know so I was like yes this is Paris. <laughs> <laughs> we have to celebrate these two sides here you know yeah definitely it was it was it was so funny the funny thing I don't know if I told you this like a few days. Oh, yes, I told you. I feel it's my first show. Yeah. And I asked to people and they're like, oh, yes, because you're in Paris. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not because I'm in Paris. It's because to me, this time specifically, after this journey, being in New York and make that for that place was a point of view. Being in Tokyo was another point of view. And being here, it's almost like this um, celebration of what we've done so far. And Paris, you cannot not become a flaneur when you're here. You cannot not feel the love and the passion. So a passionate celebration. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the first show kind of created the palette yeah Try, i'm trying to make it feel beautiful yeah i want it to feel beautiful it and is I, beautiful and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I want it to feel loose and i want it to feel organic 
and I want to feel together. I want all, all those things. I want to feel loose, beautiful, organic, yeah. and connected. Yeah. For the most part, instrumentation is a lot of um, string instruments and some woodwinds, but then there's always some kind of, actually except for Tokyo, but uh, electronic element where it um, gets some kind of exuberance within it. This show is, is it's still connected musically, but we spoke about how we wanted it to like be, like how can you show what we do, but also turn it a bit and, yeah. you know, have it skewed a little. And <laughs> I, I'm excited for the run through. And because that's also the other thing that's really crazy about writing music is that I demo it up, mm. but for the most part, it's just in my head until... Yeah, 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 until... Until happens. the musicians until, are there. <laughs> until the musicians are there, yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm kind Completely. of... Completely. A little, like... You can't demo too much. No. And I trust Dev, like, <laughs> profoundly with all my blood. But, however, I think the way we all work together, it's uh, freedom, because mm. we all, we don't brief each other. <laughs> it's yeah. not the way we work. Yeah, it's true. Uh, everyone comes in and it's a circular exchange. But his music informs also what we do. And so the pace of it and the softness or that moment of harshness, if there is, it helps me build up the dramaturgy. Tokyo was exactly like that. I mean your piece had almost like a swap uh, in the half of it. Yeah. When we built the collection, we built it in a way in which like the first half was completely colored and then it turned, in, when it starts with the electronic piece, then it goes into a black and white completely, like a black and white movie. This is like an organism that functions all, all within, so... The word that I think defines this one is definitely flaneur. I like what, in a way, what used to represent that word in the back in the days. I like it combined with Paris. There's this like revolutionary kind of heart that it's always there. It's almost become folklore. <laughs> it's like we Italians, we've become the most lazy people when it comes about going down in the streets. But then there's also like the unconscious cakes. <laughs> you know, it's like it's the, these two things existing at the same time. <laughs> uh, and I think the flaneur is just like walking, observing and with no judgment. Yeah, that's it. I mean, even yesterday when we were at the location, we were playing with where to put yes, musicians. Exactly. And what we were <laughs> it's still true, working. I forgot about it. With everybody freaking out. Everyone was losing yeah. their minds, but we were still yeah. working it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to see the music once the musicians are there. And even now, upstairs, it's like we're having so much fun and we're just fucking it up all yeah, the time. It's amazing. And so... However, we inform each other in different stages. Then there's a moment in which we also kind of like break it down. 
and we just go with the flow. And I guess it's like it becomes very instinctive. Has there ever been sort of the urge to have the music live beyond the live moment and keep it for the digital audience? That's actually something that I'm going to ask Dev outside of this room. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to In Conversation. To make sure you don't miss the next episode, just press follow. You're guaranteed exclusive long-format conversations with the fashion industry's most influential designers.